An extra special warm welcome to the 100th episode of SAP Experts Podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. As we complete our century, we at SAP Experts Podcast are compelled to ponder the future of work. What would it look like? The allure of entrepreneurship on one hand promises freedom, whereas on the other hand, a more traditional career often means safety, stability, and mentorship. SAPIO not only provides the best of both worlds, but it also bridges the gaps between customers' niche requirements and startup innovators. My guest today, Kange Kanene, is the Vice President of SAPIO Foundries North America, which is SAP's No Equity Ask External Startup Accelerator. SAPIO Foundries provide technical and go-to-market support to help startups integrate with SAP and accelerate entry into a curated, inclusive ecosystem whose offerings can be easily accessed and deployed by SAP customers. Kongi has spent her career in enterprise software focusing on investments in startup, partnerships, acquisitions and go-to-market strategy. She has a passion for diversity and creating equally distributed access to opportunity. She is an angel investor with Pipeline Angels Group, a group of female and non-binary investors who invest in female and non-binary founders. She's a scout for Going VC Partners, a venture capital syndicate, and she is on the selection committee and a mentor for entrepreneurs as a volunteer for Defy Ventures, a nonprofit organization that invests in founders who are currently or formerly incarcerated. Finally, Kange is on the board of KIPP NYC. Kange has a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from University of Michigan and a Master of Business Administration from New York University Stern School of Business. She lives in Fort Greene, Brooklyn and loves international travel, cooking, Michael Jackson, dance and theater. As always, my name is Akshi Mola and you're listening to SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, Kange, to the SAP Experts Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for including me. Of course. And Kange, I'm really excited because today we will be taking a deep dive into the topic of entrepreneurship and the role it plays in the future of work. You know, nowadays mm -hmm. we hear so much every day about the great resignation, right? But what I'm interested in is, of course, the pundits have spoken out there what this could be looking like. Is it really the great resignation? All of that. But today I'm interested in learning from your experiential approach from mm -hmm. two aspects. One, as a leader, as a 21st century professional. And of course, there is a connection that you have with SAP IO. And I'm also very interested in how you are able to achieve the best of both worlds, you know, balancing your entrepreneurial side and along with your professional side. But before we get into all that, Kange, I just introduced you, but I would love for the audience to hear about you from you. So tell me who is Kange? <laughs> who is Kange? Well, Kange is someone who was born of two immigrants from Uganda and East Africa born in the Midwest of the United States and in Michigan, 
grew up in a, a loving home. Um, always had a, a passion for being creative and being involved into the community. Studied computer science based on a uh, suggestion from my father. And since then, I've had a career of um, intersection between business and technology. Outside of my serious stuff, I love to dance and cook and host, and most um, specifically traveling internationally. Um, upcoming, I have some two, uh, two exciting trips, one to the Bahamas in February and one to the Maldives in April. So that's what's, that's what's on deck. <laughs> wow, Conge. Actually, I did not know before today, I know we have spoken a few times, that we have certain things in common. You know, you were right? born, yeah, you were born to immigrants. I am an immigrant in the U.S. Uh -huh. And on top of that, you have a Midwest connection. I have a Midwest connection. The first place I moved was Iowa. So, oh, wow. Okay. On that note, you know, when I was graduating college, I went to Iowa State University. And when I was uh, graduating college, my mentor, she gave me this book, which was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines that really stuck out to me was, careers aren't ladders, they're jungle gyms. The reason I mentioned this is because we met when there was a pivotal time in my career and also yours. I was moving to a global role with an SAP. And at that point, I'd reached out to you. And I was inspired by your journey at SAP. So what advice would you have for professionals who are trying to figure out their own jungle gym? Especially in today's times where one side, again, like I said, we're talking about this great resignation, but then there's also another side where we still talk about automation replacing certain roles, perhaps for good. Mm -hmm. How does one stay relevant? How does one stay competitive? Great question. For me, what has been the vehicle that has helped me navigate through my career, creating and maintaining relationships. And I think in a lot of different scenarios in grad school or other places, people talk about the value of networking, but I think sometimes that can be a misconception about what networking means. You know, when I think about networking, it's more than just, let me find someone who I look up to and put time on their calendar once a quarter, right? This needs to be organic and it needs to be something that will help to potentially facilitate different um, moves within your career. So for example, at work, what I try to do is I try my best to align myself with projects where I have to collaborate with people outside of my team. So cross-functional projects. Maybe I have to do something with marketing or finance or sales so that we have real reasons to interact on a regular basis and I can demonstrate my contribution to whatever we're working on so that when someone references me, they say, yes, I like Kanye as a person, we connect, but also I was super impressed in the last call when she took the lead and, and took us where we need to go or her deliverable was, was super strong. And that's something where it's intentional, but again, it's organic. The last three roles I've had at SAP have been from people that have tapped me on my shoulder and said, you should join our team. But again, these are people that I didn't work with on an official basis. They were not in my, on my vertical reporting structure. And so that's why I think that's been really important for my career and others as well. Wow. And when you said, you know, they were not in your hoarding structure, that that is such a powerful image because we're literally talking about it not being a ladder, it being a jungle gym. You know, sometimes we uh, talk about, okay, how does, how would they even know about what skill set I have? I can talk about it. Well, you gave such a good advice that 
perhaps do some cross-functional projects, then they would know what you're capable of because you'll be showing it to them. Right. I'll just add one more thing to that because I have been lucky with it. I've had opportunities where there were projects available that worked across teams. But I understand that sometimes, depending on what your role is or where you are in the organization, you might not have those opportunities because what you work on is very specific to your team. And so there's ways to also proactively find a way to work with others. So for example, you could be part of the ERGs, which are the groups within SAP that for people that um, identify or appreciate different different activities or things, like there's a running group, there's a Black Employees Network, there's a, a lot of those things. Those organizations have people at all levels of the organization in all different types of fields. And those are times where you can really express your leadership um, to people that, again, can then get on, you can get on their radar to potentially support your move across the organization. So with that, Conge, let us talk about your current role. What is SAP IO all about? Now, mm-hmm. I'll have to tell you my perspective. The way I see it, I thought it provides innovators the best of both worlds. That is, of course, with entrepreneurship, there's a little bit of a risk. And here you have almost like incubator, which decreases that risk, provides that safety, which is really, really conducive to innovation. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, freedom to innovate. Uh, would that be accurate? What exactly is it? Yes, yeah, definitely accurate. So SAPIO is SAP's external startup accelerator. So we basically go to the market, find the most innovative companies, and bring them into SAP's ecosystem. What we tell our startups is SAPIO is the fastest way for startups to partner with SAP. SAP is a company that is, can be very challenging to partner with for anybody, but definitely for startups. So we tell startups that when they graduate from the cohort, that they will have at least one integration into SAP's portfolio, and then a listing on SAP store, which is SAP's marketplace. That's really important because then we can go to SAP customers and we can say we have a vetted list of startups solving the problems that you're trying to solve, but also are integrated into SAP, which is a better return on the investment for the SAP customers that have already invested in SAP. It's good for the startups because, one, when they're on the SAP store, then automatically all SAP customers or all 450,000 plus customers then can have visibility in the solutions on the store. But also SAP sales team, when, when solutions are on the store, get um, a financial incentive. They receive a percentage of, of the bookings that the solutions um, get from, from booking those transactions. So as you know, by definition, the way, sa- the way the sales teams work, when they have that incentive to help them get to their quota faster, then they are you know, more inspired to, to support. Um, and so we look for startups that already have product market fit and also um, have a handful of enterprise customers, which is customers about $1 billion annual revenue or more. Um, and so because of that, we have a range of fundraising rounds. We have companies from seed to series C. And that's because it's possible to have a lot of fundraising and no customers and vice versa. And so that's why the first two things I mentioned are most important. And then the, the fundraising raise just kind of comes with that. Does that help? Oh my God, I learned so much today because the impression I had was that SAP IO was just for our own intrapreneurs. Mm -hmm. But what I'm learning over here is that that is a part of it, but that's not all of it. Yes, that's a good point. So I'm associated with SAP IO Foundries, which is the accelerator. 
There's also SAPIO for entrepreneurship, which you're right, is SAP employees that are trying to start something within SAP's, with SAP's support. So both things are true. And another thing I really wanted to dissect even further, uh, you really covered really well what the value such ventures bring to our customers. Mm-hmm. But I want to know more about that. What are some of yes. the use cases we have seen come from SAPIO programs? Good question. So one thing that's really cool is each cohort is thematic. So we change the type of startups that we look for each cohort based on what's happening in the market and where SAP sees opportunities to innovate more with our ecosystem. And so that keeps it very fresh and relevant. So last week and the week prior, the two um, founders that I manage, which is New York and San Francisco, just graduated their cohorts. And the themes for those were, the overarching theme was sustainability, but New York was sustainability specifically focusing on consumer and retail. And on the West Coast, was focused on energy and natural resources. Um, so an example of one company that's doing something interesting, or they're all doing very interesting things, but just to give you one example, is a company from the New York cohort. They focus on reusable packaging. So as you can imagine, especially with COVID, online shopping has really increased. And so you can imagine that a lot of people have a stack of cardboard boxes from whatever that they ordered. But Lime Loop, the reusable packaging, um, you can use the packaging up to 250 times. So big brands will use those, uh, that packaging, ship it to the customer, and the customer will ship it back and they can use it. But what makes that reference to SAP, the software component, is they have a sensor in that packaging that gives um, insights to the brand. So for example, if you can understand when someone opens the package, in my case, sometimes I'll get something on Monday, I won't get around to opening it until Friday. So if, if the brand can wait until Friday to then ask me the questions, how is the size? What do you like? You know, and have, you can have like a exchange that's very relevant to the fact that I just opened it, similar to what you would have if you're in store. Secondly, you can do things like understand the returns. A lot of us will order more than one size, a small and a medium, because we don't know which one it is. But let's say, let's say I having a good day and I open the small first and it actually fits, then I don't even have to open the medium. If the company knows I didn't even open it, then they can process it differently. Instead of putting it in new packaging and, and doing all that work, they can just put it right back onto the shelf and instead of the landfill, et cetera. So those are some examples of insights. And so that's one, one company that um, a lot of the big brands are paying attention to. Wow. When you were saying that, I was just remembering that only yesterday, my husband and I were cutting up cardboard boxes to put in our recycling bin. Mm-hmm. And every Monday, the recycling truck comes and picks up our cardboard boxes. And we joke that we would never catch up with just that once a week thing. And something right. like this, you can immediately see the use case and the usefulness of it. And even with returns, sometimes you know we're always thinking that, oh my God, where was the box? Where do I find the box? Return this item. But something yes. like this, it is so relevant and especially towards uh, to, to the need of the art in today's uh, day and age off. Uh, mm-hmm. We are in the COVID times. We're not going in the stores. It makes so much sense. Now, uh, Kongi, one of the things that you had earlier mentioned was that partnering can be a little bit difficult. Yes. But at the same time, I can see uh, the symbiotic relations that can form between our partners mm-hmm. and the SAP IO innovators. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the roles that we have seen in the past? Yeah, there's, there's a, um, a couple of things. First of all, 
um, one of the ways that we make partnering with SAP easier for startups is we do things like waive the fees. As you can imagine, as a startup, you're lean when it comes to your financial budget. And so fees can be a, a big barrier. Second is having a resource walk them through the process for integration. So if they have questions, if they don't understand the technology, because again, startups are limited resources when it comes to human resources. So to have someone that is dedicated to the integration is harder for them than it would be for a large company. And so we help them with, with, with that piece. But then it's interesting what you said, because we also connect the um, portfolio to SAP's other partners, like an Accenture, Deloitte, some of the strategic partners. One thing I did mention before is when we're selecting startups to be in our cohort, we actually include customers and partners in that process to validate that we're picking the right companies. So for example, in the last cohort for both San Francisco and New York, Accenture was the partner there. They have a big sustainability practice and they said, we very much care about um, companies that integrate into SAP that are doing sustainability innovation because Accenture um, has a big practice on implementations for SAP solutions. And so just as valuable as the startups are for us, in some ways are probably even more valuable for Accenture as they're recommending solutions for the customers to use. And from what I'm hearing is that when you said uh, customers also have a say, that just blew my mind. So mm -hmm. the word that comes to my mind after that is co-innovation. So yes. does that happen a lot? Any off the top of your head, can you think of some? Yes, for sure. Um, some of the value that the startups get from the program is we focus on the business development side. So we make sure that the startups have exposure to SAP customers. And that starts from the beginning, but we include customers in the selection process, but also throughout the cohort and beyond. So some scenarios have been customers have done pilots with the startups, proof of concepts, what we call innovation days, where they sort of brainstorm how they can do things together. Um, and that is a really good conversation for the customers to think about things differently. SAP is lucky to be in a situation where we've been in the market for you know 50 years and have significant market share. So there are a lot of large SAP customers that are what we call wall-to-wall -wall SAP customers, where they have virtually all of SAP's portfolio. So there are times when literally we're thinking, how else can we partner with this customer because we've had all the conversations that we need to have? So SAP enables fresh conversations that are also innovative because we're talking about something we haven't talked about in the past. So, well, the natural question after that that I would want to know is let's talk about the numbers. How yes. many applications slash businesses have been launched? How many of them exist now? Great question. So SAPAO was launched in 2017. We're so proud now to have 10 locations globally. Um, and we have accelerated 374 companies so far. We have facilitated over 3,000, to be exact, 3,600 um, in relationships between IO and customers. And one thing we're really proud of is our commitment to what we call no boundaries, which is we try to support underrepresented founders of these startups. So people that are women and people of color, which traditionally have a harder time um, with entrepreneurship for a number of reasons, but primarily their access to capital. So our goal is to accelerate 200 
startups by 2023 that have unrepresented founders. We're tracking very well. We're already at 187, which means 45% of the portfolio are founders are led or founded by underrepresented individuals. Wow. When we're talking of you know, all, all of these different partners, all of these different innovators, what I'm imagining are very, very niche solutions. And I can see another value point for our customers that this could be fitting into a very niche need that they might have, niche solution for niche needs. With that said, sometimes, you know, when it comes to a full-on business transformation, that can that's an ongoing process that can take more than a minute. But yes. with solutions that come with the Foundry, do you think that they are, have a faster startup time? for our customers to unlock the value? Would that be accurate or is it depends? Yes, absolutely. First of all, SAP has done the work to help identify the specific use cases that are relevant for our customers in the context of SAP's portfolio. So we're saying um, for a company like MindLoop, to use that same example, we're looking at how does that translate to commerce or supply chain for the reverse logistics component. And so the typical role in our customers, like the head of innovation, head of business development, that's what they would have to do is start from the beginning. We're again, giving them that vetted list, but also saying specifically, here's how we think this can relate to you based on what we know about what you've um, invested in for SAP and how the startup has elected to integrate themselves into SAP's portfolio. And with that, if one of our customers was listening to this right now and wanted to get in touch and see if there was a company out there that could fulfill uh, some of their needs, how would they go about it? We have a public website, SAPIO, that lists our entire portfolio there. Um, it is also possible to search based on line of business, industry, et cetera. I'm also more than happy to talk to anyone directly. My email, kange.kanania.sap.com happy to facilitate any introductions. And I will also be dropping your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can go ahead and give you a follow and reach out over there as well. Great. And what about our innovators? Since Foundry is all about existing businesses, existing mm -hmm. uh, startups, how can they get in touch if they feel like they could be a good fit? Great. So like I said, all the cohorts are thematic. So we have on the same website, SAPIO, we have an open application for the different locations around the world on different topics. So upcoming for New York, we're, we're recruiting right now for omni-channel management for customer experience. Any innovators that fit into there, we would be so excited to evaluate you. But please just keep visiting the website to see the different themes. They happen throughout the year. Each cohort is three months. We always look for new applicants. And speaking of cohorts, when I think of the word cohort, it makes me think of education. And mm -hmm. as an innovator, you don't know everything right off the bat. So mm -hmm. what kind of learning opportunities are in there for our startups? Yes. So each cohort is three months. And we have a curriculum that is light on sessions because we know that these um, startup teams, again, are lean. So we have about three to four hours a week of, of content. We start and try to have a very logical progression. So we start off with SAP 101. What is, how is SAP structured? What's the overarching um, explanation of the portfolio? Who are some of the key executives, et cetera? Then depending on the cohort theme, we talk about specific 
um, introduction to that portfolio or industry. So for sustainability, the head of sustainability came and talked about what we're working on and, and what our vision is. Then we do a lot of information on enterprise sales. How do you sell into a customer? How do you think about pricing? Um, how do you understand who the buyer is? All of that. And then the balance is focused on the integration piece. That's very specific for each customer. We do discovery to see what the use cases should be. And throughout the whole process, we are focusing on the business development, which is identifying customers that would be interesting to talk to for the startups. And that's really so important because that's something I, I personally, sometimes I get scared when I think of the idea of me being an entrepreneur. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you become a one person army or a few people army. Here right. you are. Uh, you might be great at creating an app. You might have this wonderful, brilliant idea. But OK, do I have to go and be the salesperson? Do right. everything on my own, be yes. my own admin, send all the emails, schedule everything. And mm-hmm. I can't reach out to my supervisors and say, oh, actually, I'll be off on a vacation the whole next week. I create my right. own schedule. So there's so many moving parts and it's great to have a trusted advisor in this scenario as well. And mm-hmm. Kongi, you spoke a lot about themes and we know what New York's theme would be, but <laughs> what else is there to look forward to for the year 2022 as far as SAP IO foundries are concerned? Well, we're super excited. Like I mentioned, we have 10 locations globally, but unfortunately we do not have a footprint in Latin America. But that is changing this year. We are finally expanding to Latin America, which is great. And we will we will cover all of Latin America, but we will have a physical um, location in Brazil. So we're looking forward to learning more about that market, empowering those founders, and really making sure that the foundry's footprint represents how the world looks. Wonderful. Conge, so... It was such a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for joining me at the SAP Experts podcast and sharing your wisdom, not only on how our careers are jungle gyms and not ladders, but also the opportunities (laughs) that exist for entrepreneurship in SAP. Great. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 